Right across Tamworth and the northwest slopes and plains, this is 2TM Breakfast with Peter Huxley. Tamworth Zone, 1287 2TM. Tom Petty and the Heartbreak is there. You don't have to live like a refugee. Burger King Italy, well, they're showing a little bit of a sense of humour. They're always up for something to try to get a bit of publicity, and why not? Burger King have been selling a social distancing whopper. <laughs> Which is packed with the three with three times the amount of the normal amount of onions. So you'll, so you'll get bad breath and keep other people away from it. The idea is the stench of onions of the person's breath after eating it will keep people far away from them. It's yet to catch on anywhere else. But one man in the U.S. persuaded his local Burger King. Uh, to create one for him and filmed his reaction trying it. It's up online if you want to see it. Sam Goldberg has been using his spare time during lockdown to start a new YouTube series called Respect the Chain. Uh, it's a comedic food show in which he's trying to uh, he's trying special pandemic menu items from various chain restaurants. <laughs> see, there's always someone who's going to do something cool. Uh, the latest episode sees Sam. Uh, he's trying the unique Whopper. Sitting in a Burger King restaurant, he explains the video. Do you know what the Burger King in Italy is currently offering? Offering the social distancing Whopper, and it's just a Whopper with a, well, a shitload of onions on it. And I reckon that's pretty good. Actually, here comes Annie now. We'll we'll, we'll talk to Annie about it. <laughs> I love it when she walks in and she doesn't know what we're going to say. She'll think we're talking uh, NRL. No, what are we talking? <laughs> uh, Burger King in Italy's introduced the social distancing whopper. Social distancing whopper. Yeah, it's got three <laughs> times the amount of onions on it. As <laughs> <laughs> That's good, isn't it? I'm liking Clever. a bit of you got to find a bit of humour in everything, mm. I reckon. Uh, because, yeah, it's all going to be over before you know it. Uh, but he, uh, Blake tastes and he said, has the most pungent taste he's ever experienced in his life. I don't know why they wouldn't do like three times the amount of garlic. Mm. Well, that'd be another one. That'd be another good Like a garlic bread bun and then you make a burger. Yeah, yeah, that's not too bad. No. How are you feeling today? You all right? Yes, yeah. You look a bit cold. A bit cold, a bit tired. One of those nights, you know, when you know breakfast radio, you there's always sort of one night that you just fall asleep really late, even though you know how I had early that you night last go. night too. Oh, yes. it's the worst. And you're lying there and you go, if I go to sleep now, I get five hours sleep. If I go to sleep now, I get four hours sleep. <laughs> yeah, you do that. You do that. <laughs> what was I watching? And you're watching something stupid on television as well. Always. I wasn't even and watching you just something. wake up to yourself. I'm going, what am I doing? I'm watching Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares here, and Great it's ten thirty. Great show, though. Great show. Oh, I don't know. I, don't I love know. watching Gordon Ramsay. It's, it's the same. Yeah, the one I like, Bar Rescue. Have you ever seen that one? No. That's really good. Yeah. Is that where they do something similar? It's the same thing, except the... it's a base. Instead of the restaurant, you know, doing the rest, it's a bar, uh, and there's always someone ripping them off, or there's someone, yeah. one of the bar people's just getting on the shots. Yeah. While and the guy gets up, but he but he tears him a new one. This black he gets up and you know he's he's even better than uh, than Gordon Ramsay. He's My really good. favorite, I think, one was when <laughs> Gordon Ramsay was trying to help this restaurant, and the owners just didn't want a bar of it really, and so. And they had all these these um, food items on the menu that people just didn't like. So Gordon recreated a menu for them, which he often does, and he made mm-hmm. them a burger. And it looked like a good burger. And all the staff tasted it, and they were like, yeah, this is, like, really good. They had, like, customer feedback that was good. And the owner was so salty, and she, like, was like, mm, I don't think it's going to be good. Took a bite and then faked, like, choked on it. She was like, <laughs> <coughs> she's like, mm, it's really dry. And then it goes, like, a shot of the burger, and it just – you can tell that it's, it's not dry. Age. And you're like, girl, 
sit down. Well, they do that, but people are very attached to the attached to it. I saw one with a was a Greek restaurant, and the guy hadn't changed his menu for thirty years, and it was just really ordinary. Oh. And they were going out of business, and he's like, "This is crap. It tastes like crap. It looks bad." And they just don't. The guy's like, "No, it's all right." That's all right. It's like you got no customers. I know. You're like $120,000 in debt. Oh, you haven't that changed hurts. your menu in 30. Yeah, but he goes, but yeah, but this is the traditional, mate. He, he goes, it's traditional crap. It's crap. <laughs> so, yeah, no, interesting, interesting times. What's happening in the news this morning? Um, you know what? I've just had a total mind blank. No, that's My all right. Brain just no went worries out at the all. Window. <laughs> what do you think about the footy starting tonight? Um, I know that it's the Broncos playing the Eels. And have you got any thoughts on that match? Um, no. <laughs> Will you be I'm watching? Gonna, the same? I'm going to support the Broncos mainly because my um, friend Lucy is a number one oh, Broncos fan. Oh, you told fan. me about your friend Lucy. She's got yeah. the number plate, got the cushion, got, got the, everything, got everything. The whole, yeah. the whole shooting. So she'll match. be wearing. You, you should watch it with her. Oh, but doesn't it go for like an hour? Oh, God. <laughs> it goes for about two hours, actually. Two hours? For, well, it's 40-minute halves, so there's 80 minutes there. Then you've got about 10 minutes half time. I've so got to be very fit to play for then 40 minutes. Then you've got minutes. all your stoppages oh. and everything. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty much two hours start to finish if you throw in the ads and all that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, the neighbours should keep it down a bit. <laughs> Gosh, it's a bit I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to a break and then I'm going to talk to you some more. But before I go to the break, <laughs> I've got something to tell everybody here. Hang on, hang on. Where are we? No, that one. No, no. no. Oh. This is very professionally. Can you just stretch for a second, Annie? Say yes. something. Well, it's All almost right, June 1. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about MasterChef? Are you watching that? No, I With the new judges? Why Those do you hate MasterChef? I, it's, it's not just MasterChef. It's, it's I just Poe, isn't it? You don't like Poe. Poe's great. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just don't like any of the shows because I find when they first started, they were really good, but now they just drag them out over so many nights and there's so many ads between them and it's just, and it's more focusing on the drama of it all rather than the actual cooking or, you know, in some cases Mm, renovating. mm. That annoys me. I don't have time for that. They're all the same, aren't they? I think it's... uh, I think in MasterChef, but they've got all the all the best ones ever. So everyone's unreal, and they're mm. all doing. It's like the return of the champions, almost. I think, but yes, a lot yeah. of them were in the top sort of echelon. I don't, there's yeah. not a lot of winners in it. I've noticed, yeah, but there's okay. a lot of people that were Who like Reynolds. Close, oh, I love Reynolds. Le- Reynolds awesome. I like him. I don't know. But sure. Reynolds like a really good. He's he does those really good desserts. It was Jamie Oliver and Heston Blumenthal's birthday yesterday? Both of them. Oh, they're both the on the same day. Pommy, not on the same, but the same date, yeah. Yes, yeah, Jamie yeah, yeah. Oliver's 45, and I think Heston was about 54 yesterday. Heston 54? Heston's 54, yeah. He does not look 54. Well, you can't tell behind those big Coke bottle glasses, can you? <laughs> I wonder if they call him Skurnus. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think anyone does. He used, does. To, wear, he used to wear the big glasses, and they used to call him Skurnus. <laughs> Oh <laughs> That's my a word! Great. That's a great nickname. So no Master Chef for you. I quite like it. I'm quite. I don't like the new the judges. New host. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got an ex. You got an ex contestant there who you just can't take him seriously. You know. You got. You've come from George and Gary, who are you know restaurateurs, mm. and have had 
you know, glittering careers and all that. And maybe, you know, there's a bit of the shine's been taken off George now, but, you know, I think he was made a scapegoat in that whole thing, personally. And then you had Matt, who was, he does this. This is good radio. He always did that, which is putting your elbow in your other hand. And, yeah, he just looked very serious. And putting your hand under your chin. While he, he wore he, his he ridiculous cravats. And he had the ridiculous cravats. But, you know, being, him being an upper class twit was kind of part of it I as know, well. I know, but I feel sorry for the new judges. I mean, I haven't watched it, so I can't comment on what they're like. But I do think that it's always hard if you are brought in to replace somebody else. And it's mm. they replaced all three. So they've now... Didn't they? Isn't it they three did, yeah, new yeah, ones? Going, going, yeah, going so yeah, yeah. Now they've got. So I'm sure that they've got the producers who are telling them to be a certain way because they expect a certain thing, and they're probably trying to put their own spin on it. And mm. you're also battling the loyalty to the other judges because you know, MasterChef. How many seasons has it had now? It's been on uh, for. I was at least in school. 10, at least yeah, 10 or 11, 12 when something. it started. Yeah. So mm. you know, your viewers are loyal to the the mm. former three judges. Well, one of them won it. One of them's a, one of them won it. Matt from newcastle is it matt i don't know yeah. the, lo- the bloke with the beard he won it i can't take him seriously because Why? because he won it he's like a master chef contestant like he could be sitting on the other side there now he's going oh that's really great you know you've added a crunch element there and i love the umami but he won it you know he won MasterChef. Yeah, he so won MasterChef. Why isn't he in a good position? Well, who, who's to say he would have he would have won it in any year? Like he, on his given year, it might have been a down series or something. I don't know. I think they've probably just put him on there because he's quite televisual. And then you've got the lady there that just grates on me, and I can't say that because she's Chinese. So I'm not allowed oh to say word. I don't like her because it's I'm racist. Too right? tired for this. And then you got the Scottish bloke who came out last night and said. He was half Italian. So someone served him up a bowl. I think it was Poe, actually. Served him up a bowl of noodles. Mm. And she said, he said, oh, I, you know, I'm half Italian. And he's like as Scottish as this bloke. He does not look Italian in the slightest. And he's, he's, he, he says, we, you like, your, we like your noodles like you like our spaghetti. And I thought... You're spaghetti. You got haggis, mate. You're not spaghetti. You can't assign I'm half, someone I'm their culture. Half Italian, you can't like, assign someone their culture. You can't that assign is yourself a culture. Yes, Your culture's you where you grow up. It's if just, you just identif- because you've got a bit of that blood in you doesn't make you. But you know, what do you know? You're just taking it on face value. Have absolutely no idea about this guy uh, or how you. he's been raised or how he identifies and or how he connects with his culture. You're just being a grumpy person. I'm not being grumpy. I'm you just saying I'm just getting outraged. You shouldn't get outraged. This is not something to get outraged over. Uh, you never let me get outraged. I know because you never pick good things to get outraged about. If what you picked should a I get outraged? Cause, what should I get outraged about? What, um, what's, what's outraged? I got outraged yesterday about the West Australian Premier and you wouldn't let me get outraged. That's outrageous, him having a go at Gladys like that. And you wouldn't let me get outraged. Get, oh, no, he's really cool. He's a nice I bloke. I wasn't not saying cool. that. He's not a nice bloke. You are twisting my words. I was not saying that. All I was saying... Oh, I'm not getting back into this argument again. Pick a problem with society and be outraged with it. All right, you, you pick me one during the break. Wake up and face the day with 2TM Breakfast with Peter Huxley. Tamworth's own 1287 2TM. Well, the NRL gets back underway tonight. It's been a long time coming. We've got round three coming up tonight. We've got a very special guest on the line. Anchor man, I guess you'd say, James Bracey for Channel 9's NRL coverage. G'day, how are you going? 
<laughs> I'm James Bracey. I was going to do the question mark hole, you know, and command. Um, <laughs> but look, I, I'm, I'm just happy to be here. There are no question marks today. The footy is back. It's tonight. It's live. There's no crowds. But who cares? Exactly right. That's exactly what everyone's feeling is up here. Of course, up here in Tamworth, we've had the Warriors up here. And to be honest, it's been a bit Warrior fever up here. I think they're everyone's second team now. They've got 2340, our postcode on the shirts. So uh, look out, I reckon. The Warriors might have a run this year. What, uh, what, are you on the uh, coverage tonight? Yeah, kicking it off at 7.30. Um, yep. A little bit different for us at the moment with all the... Obviously, the security measures with the mm. uh, safety factor. So we've got commentators in the commentary box at the ground tonight, but our hostings will all come from our studios in Sydney. Okay, um, so, so you're down at Willoughby tonight? Right around. So we'll be at Willoughby, um, yep. kicking things off from 7.30, then live to the ground, uh, about a 7.50 kickoff, and away we go. Mm, and how good's it going to be? I'll tell you what, I'm getting a little bit I'm a little bit over the classic matches and all that. I know it's good to watch. And it's, it's at least yeah. it's some football, but there's nothing like a live game of rugby league to get you fired up, is there? No, absolutely. It was, it was, it was really fun sort of digging into the archives and seeing a lot of the old stuff, but you're right, it's... It sort of gets to a point where you've seen enough and nothing beats live sports, sitting on the couch, uh, cracking a beer and just being able to kick back. And, and it's, it's funny, you know, it's, it's almost made us probably appreciate our footy even more. Being, oh, I think it has. I've uh, been denied it for the last couple of months. Mm, yeah, exactly right, exactly right. Yeah, I can feel the excitement in your voice. Now, you've got a bit of a uh, rugby league story behind you as well. I'm hearing around town that you are the number one ticket holder for the Central Coast <laughs> Bears. Is that right? I- yeah, so I grew up on the Central Coast, and uh, my old man lived near North Sydney Oval as a kid, so we yep. were diehard Bears fans mm-hmm. um, up until, obviously, they um, they were kicked out of the competition. But yep. they're still, look, the North Sydney Bears still very much, uh, they're in the New South Wales Cup, they've got a women's team, um, and they're a great franchise that are still hoping to, in some way, shape, or form, mm. um, play some part in the NRL down the track. So for me, the dream scenario is for the Central Coast Bears to, to come into existence whether or not that ever happens, uh, who knows? Peter Landis, hopefully he likes the idea because he makes anything happen these well, days. Well, he's so. incredible, isn't he? I was going to talk to you yeah. about Peter Volandis. He's made such a difference. He went through the he went through the trots. Um, I know it's probably not a really good thing to say that the harness racing. He's probably he's probably been through <laughs> the trots as well. But he closed down Harold Park, opened up Menangle, which has been a wild success. Trotting's never been stronger in Australia. Of course, he's introduced the Everest in the racing genre, uh, which is now rivaling the. Melbourne Cup Carnival there, and now he's got into the Rugby League. He said they were going to start on May 28. Everyone poo-pooed the idea. He's got it done. Uh, now he's yep. saying crowds from the 1st of July, and you'd be a brave <laughs> man to bet against him. Yeah, that's a good point, Peter. I wouldn't mm. be betting against him. He's um, it's, it's one hell of a CV he's gotten. You, know, he's, uh, you speak to anyone that's dealt with him, and he... It's hard to find anyone that'll speak in a word of him. You know, he goes in, he protects his turf, and he does he does his job. Yeah, and, exactly um, right. You know, yeah. He, I think he takes it as a badge of honour when he annoys those in government, whether state or federal. And uh, whereas some might be scared off and might get into the wheeling and dealing, he just goes in, he aims high, and yeah. um, more than often, he's coming out on top. Yeah, it's amazing. Now, now back to the football. What we're really here to talk about the football. Who are you tipping to win the comp this year? It's a little bit of a strange one, isn't it, at the moment? And I think this round is a bit of a tipster's nightmare because, well, there's no trial form to go off, is there? And there's no there's, yep. there's no real indication of who's been handling this this um, 
strange training methods we've had to do with 10 exactly people right. only and all that sort of thing. So interesting round this week. There'll be players over the weekend who we look at and go, ooh, ISO certainly didn't work for you, and others that we'll look at and go, well, clearly the, uh, the gym in the garage has been used and you are, you're ready to go. Yes. So it's, <laughs> it's a real test, and it's almost like a brand-new season, really. I mean, it's, it's, it is strange to know that we've got two rounds of footy already under our belt, and we sort of look at it and go, oh, wow, that's right. Mm. You know, the Knights are two from two. Now the Roosters haven't won a game, but That's I just right. don't know if that. <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't know if it'll mean anything. I really don't because we haven't been in this sort of position before. So, I've I've sort of reevaluated like a lot of people have done. You know, sort of my expectations of the season, and I kind of I look at someone like Des Hasler, and I think you know this sort of scenario I think just plays into his hands beautifully. And when you look yeah. at his team on paper. His starting side in particular, and his bench. If as long as they don't get an injury, they're going to go deep this year. I, I don't have any Manly. doubt about that. It's, okay, there yeah, you go. I just, yeah, that's just got a feeling. Mm, mm, okay, yeah, and that, and ironically, being a Central Coast Bears supporter, that's your yeah, arch rival. No, so don't, yeah. don't worry, <laughs> that's it, a big rap. It, it actually it hurts me to say it out loud, but yes, I do believe. Really, just may go all right this year. Yeah, well, well, Des has always been renowned for having you know, a bit of a left field idea or being able to pull something mm-hmm. out of the box, and he, he always does a good job down there at Manly in pulling out players that maybe other clubs didn't want or players that you know haven't really gone that well elsewhere, and he does get the best out of them. So, uh, and Manly being a really parochial area as well. And uh, I remember when they when they uh, were having some coaching troubles down there with Trent Barrett. And there was a big sign out the front. I happened to go drive past, I think it was Brookvale RSL or something like that, a big sign up up there, and um, it said, bring back Tooves. And then they yeah, appointed Des right. Hasler, and someone wrote underneath it, Des good too. <laughs> so, that's the, so that's the idea down there in Manly. I think the Dogs have done the same thing, though, haven't they? They've really brought uh, Lynn Anderson back in, of course, the great Bullfrog's sister, uh, and also Dean Payne. They seem to be sort of slowly working their way back. They've had a few... Uh, troubles with the salary cap there, but they're uh, slowly working their way back into that really parochial, you know, uh, lockdown type Canterbury club as well. So I think that'll be a big blockbuster on Sunday. So you reckon Manly are going to go long into the comp? Who do you reckon won't go well this year? Wow, man, you look at. I, I feel like it's still pretty obvious. I think your Titans. Mm. Um, I think mm. they're just going to battle, and they've had some key injuries as well. AJ Brimson, yep. Ryan James. I just can't see them. Um, getting themselves up the ladder. Oh, the Dragons. I, oh, it's hard to have confidence about yeah, them after what we've seen the, the last Dragons, couple of years. Yeah. And, yeah, not much has changed. So and the, and on the, the paper, there's such a... Uh, the, the thing with the Dragons, on paper, they seem to have such a, a strong side, but they just yep. don't seem to be able to put it together. And I, I think maybe maybe um, Mary might be one of the first coaches under called into question this year. Yeah, it feels like he's got the question mark hanging over his head every mm. season, doesn't it? But, yeah. you know, will will the whole change of circumstances this year save coaches? Will they be given a bit of a reprieve? I mean, even you got it like the Warriors, Stephen Kearney, who's obviously spent a lot of time out there um, in Tamworth. He's, you know, he's been under pressure for the last couple of years. Yes, too. And he this, has. Mm. You know, this, this could make or break the team, though, and hopefully it makes them. You know, they're obviously going to spend a lot of forced time together um, and whether it galvanises them and they're going to have a hell of a lot of support while they might not have the fans at the ground. Uh, neither will any other team, but uh, look, I, 
I probably would say if I was ranking the Titans and the Dragons, are probably the um, the one yeah. the biggest question marks. I think that's probably the consensus at the moment, James. Look, thanks very much for your time. So it's seven thirty tonight. The NRL back underway. Yep. It's a shame they couldn't open the pubs tonight instead of the first of June. <laughs> I think that, that was a, that was a bad move from Gladys Berejiklian there. I well, thought, I reckon you know. it might have been a strategy. I think it might have been a strategy. Do we want to give them footy? And frothy beers at the same time. No, let's just let's just drip feed it. So we'll take the footy tonight, cold one on the couch, and um, we're back to almost normal as of this time next week. Great policy. All right. Well, thanks very much for your time, James. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, and good good luck there, and uh, enjoy the Central Coast, mate. It's a beautiful part of the world. It certainly is. Bring it on. See you tonight, Peter. Right, bye bye. Get your day underway with 2TM Breakfast with Peter Huxley on Tamworth Zone, 1287 2TM. Here's something you haven't heard anywhere else except right here on 2TM. What is going to happen? What's happening in the US at the moment? So let, let me take that back a step and talk to you about JobKeeper. Now, JobKeeper is... And even the, even the job seeker allowance, which has doubled the uh, unemployment benefits there. So for a lot of workers, particularly in the hospitality industry, they're actually making more than what they're making. When if, they're, if they've got a casual job, but they've been in it over a year and they're working, say, two days a week and getting, you know, six, seven hundred bucks or whatever it is, um, now they're getting, you know, more than that to not work. What we're finding over in the US at the moment when they're starting to reopen, because they've had a very similar um, system as what we have. And not that I'm bagging the job keeper and the job seeker and all, I think it's been fantastic. But there's got to be a point where that stops. And that the point where that stops has to really be at the point where the economy starts reopening again. If it doesn't, the same situation is going to happen as what they're finding over in Memphis, Tennessee at the moment, uh, where... Restaurant and bar owners are saying they've have, they're having issues with calling employees back and them declining to come back because they're comfortable with the benefits they're getting right now. The benefits versus returning to work debate is even being heard by tourists who are saying, well, these, these tourists, a fellow by the name of Joe Kafara said, we were at Graceland yesterday and the driver of the bus said he was having a hard time getting his employees back because the benefits are better unemployed than employed. Malcolm Burt's family, who owns Memphis Music on Beale Street, the famous street, famous main drag, of course, in Memphis. Uh, uh, I think the unemployment was definitely needed. Of course it was. This is their version of Job Seeker. Uh, I think there should have been more time to think it out and make sure people who are working get as much as people who are staying at home. And this is exactly what is going to happen with us over here if we're not careful. So I don't know what ScoMo and the team are going to do about that. I wish Annie was here. Talk to her about this. I'd be able to fire her up about something. She thinks I'm fired up, but actually, that's <laughs> me firing her up if you look at it very carefully. Uh, with the federal subsidy of $600 a week plus $275 from the state, that's what's happening over there in Memphis. Uh, these folks are sitting at home making $21.87 an hour, and they probably weren't making that in the in the hospitality industry. Obviously, those benefits aren't going to last forever. Uh, and Mella says, if if you ask, if you ask, if I ask you to come back to me and you ask more than once and twice and you decline, technically your unemployment benefits go away. I would hate for some to think that they're getting that money just because they're sitting at home. Uh, but that's an interesting thing, isn't it? It's a new reality and a sign of the sign of the times for employees and businesses. Um, and if you've been looking for a job for a while before this all this all set in. 
I think it's a great time to be looking for a job at the moment because everything's disrupted. Everything's, I know there's a lot of businesses that aren't going to open and all that sort of stuff, but at least everything's disrupted. People are leaving. Some people who've left those hospitality jobs when all the bars and restaurants and everything closed, some of them have actually got jobs elsewhere, whether it be in Woolworths and places like that that have employed a lot more people and they won't come back. So it actually is a, a, it's a, Reasonable time to be looking for work, I reckon, once the economy starts opening back up. But the government has to be very, very careful, don't they, about how they do this. Because if they don't do it uh, correctly, like like they've done over there in Memphis, if you're still paying people more than what they could make working uh, for sitting around, well, you know what they're going to do. Across Tamworth and the northwest slopes and plains, you're waking up to 2TM Breakfast with Peter Huxley. Incidentally, a recent poll... Uh, says half of Americans would not get a COVID-19 vaccine if it became available. So, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing over there. The death toll hit 100,000 there yesterday, by the way. And still half of them are saying they won't get a... However, it is still the land of the free and the capitalist capital of the world. Uh, New York federal prosecutors have charged two men, a used car salesman and a pharmacist who dubbed himself the mask man, in separate schemes to inflate the prices of, of course, personal protective equipment used to guard against COVID-19. The pharmacist Richard Sharipa, 66, you ripper, is accused of selling 200 grand worth of the respirator marks at a 50% markup. I feel like a drug dealer standing here, he told an undercover officer as he sold masks from his car. Well, he sure acted like a drug dealer as well, didn't he? Prosecutors say Sharipa sold marked-up protective gear to funeral homes and doctors in eight states. You want to get onto a mask? I got some. It's in the boot. (laughs) One of those long coats where he opens it up and they're all dangling down the inside of his coat. I got black. I got white. I got stripes. I even got one in your football team colours. Uh, prosecutors say strippers sold the mark that protected gear to funeral homes and doctors. The licensed pharmacist from Fort Salonga had already been on law, enforcement's ra- law enforcement's radar after he allegedly made false statements to the DA destroying, about destroying and selling opioids, uh, probably also from the back of his car. No wonder he felt like a drug dealer. <laughs> Actually, he is a pharmacist, isn't he? What is he if he's not a drug dealer? <laughs> Prosecutors say Sharipa kept nearly 4,000 opioid pills in his possession, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, they got him. In a separate in a separate investigation, uh, Ronald Romaro, a used car salesman from New Jersey, is accused of purchasing large quantities of personal protective equipment in February with the intent to resell it at up to a 500% markup to the City of New York and Florida Division of Emergency Management during the heart of the crisis in mid-March. I'm working on a few deals, and if I get them, you might be buying a Ferrari, Romaro allegedly told his co-conspirator, according to federal prosecutors in Berman's office. Romano, 58, was charged with wire fraud, conspiring to commit wire fraud and conspiracy to violate the Defence Production Act. You just can't stop the Americans, can you? Uh, at a time when the pandemic was raging in New York City, the defendant greedily preyed on the city's desperate need for protective equipment to stop the spread of the virus, said Margaret Garnett, Commissioner of the New York City Department of Investigation, which existed in the probe. And now both of these guys are cooling their heels in the slammer. <laughs> 